Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Hello there. I am pleased to introduce to you Carol Topp, author of Microbusiness for Teens. She was our guest at a live IEW webinar a few weeks ago. Today we are playing for you an audio talk that she gave at a homeschool conference, 30 plus microbusiness ideas for teens and parents. Because the recording is nearly an hour, we'll go ahead and split it into two parts, playing both this week. And check out our show notes where we link to any resources and websites mentioned. Enjoy. My name is Carol Topp. Um, I'm a retired homeschool mom. I homeschooled for 14 years, and you'll see evidence of my daughters as part of what we're going to talk about today. Um, uh, I hope you get inspired by some of the things you see that teenagers are doing to earn money. That's important, but more importantly, probably to learn all kinds of wonderful, important skills that will help them be the adults we want them to grow up to be. That's the benefit of running the micro business on the side. They didn't know they were going to learn things about, uh, you know, leadership and confidence and responsibility and time management and money management and maybe even what they want to be when they grow up. But those are all some of the benefits of running a micro business besides just making money. We're going to make this very interactive, and um, you have some of you have handouts, although it's not necessarily the kind of workshop you need to, unless you want to write down every single one of my 30 ideas uh, very quickly. And maybe one of you, you know, is going to be a little like me, an accountant. You'll be counting. Does she really have 30 plus ideas? I do. So <laughs> I counted twice. Um, but anyway, we can make this very interactive. But for the most part, I want to give a little bit of background. What what is a micro business? One of my neighbors asked me just the other day, Carol, what's a micro-business? What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is a very small business, usually only one owner, one worker, the owner. So not a partnership, usually no employees, just you, the the owner, is the only person who works in the business. And that's just to keep the business small, manageable, and um yeah, easy, easy to start and easy to shut down. The goal of the micro-business, again, is for students to learn a lot, not necessarily to do this for the rest of their life or, or anything like that, mostly to learn a lot while they're earning some money. That's good. Micro-businesses should be very easy to start. Usually you start with no debt. You start with what you already own and make a business out of it or what you already know in your head or your experience. So things that you might own, that could become a micro-business would be like your computer, your lawnmower, your oven. Things you might know in your head would be things like a foreign language, how to play an instrument, algebra, things you could tutor, or babysitting skills, or knowledge, uh, crafts, music performance, something like that. You'll get more ideas as we go along, but you get the idea. Start with what we already know, already own, so that you can start a micro-business with very little debt. Um, a lot of times they're home-based because um, 
it's, it's, it's more work for you parents if your child has to be driven somewhere in order to uh, run their business. So a lot of them are home-based. Not all, not all can be, but a lot of micro-business ideas can be run out of the home or can be, um, you know, done in a, and done in a, a period of time. Someone came to my booth just, uh, just, yes, er, today, earlier this morning and said, we live in a ver- very rural area. And, you know, I don't want to have to drive my daughter to, to work. And I said, well, maybe she just confines her micro business to, it was going to be house cleaning. She, she cleaned houses when she was in high school all the way through college. She thinks it's a good idea for her daughter, and it is. And I said, well, maybe you could confine it to just Saturday morning she goes and serves two clients. Or maybe just Tuesday mornings. She serves, that's micro, right? She's not going to serve 50 clients. Micro. Um, and I, I don't like the idea of starting with any debt. If, if a student does need some startup funds, maybe they could borrow a little bit from mom and dad or maybe grandma and grandpa, but a little bit. I mean, $100, $200, that's it. If you need startup funds and some businesses need startup money, then maybe you should start with some debt-free business first, like tutoring. So I knew the student that wanted to start a micro-business, he was going to put together... Um, customized uh, personal computers. He needed some money to buy the initial inventory, right? The cases, the hard drives, the fans, the motherboards. And he didn't have the money, and he didn't want to borrow it. So he decided he would start tutoring first because he was good at math. No investment, no startup cost needed there, right? Save the money from tutoring to start eventually the business he really wanted to do. So anyway, that's kind of... What a microbusiness is, and then you think, okay, that's fine, but give me some examples. Okay, <laughs> let's get started. This is in no particular order. I just started thinking and, and using the experience of a lot of kids. On my Pinterest page, go to Pinterest, Carol Top, Pinterest.com slash Carol Top, you'll find I have a whole board. You all know what Pinterest is? The girls, yeah, girl and women know what Pinterest is. <laughs> um, uh, I pin there lots of micro-business ideas from teenagers. Okay, so you'll see. And sometimes they relate back to a blog post you can read about the teenager. But let's start with this one. How about some micro-business ideas related to homeschooling? Some of these might apply more to mom and dad than the teenager, but tutoring, I already mentioned that. If you, even as a teenager, are good in a subject, you only, uh, only have to be one or two years ahead of another student to be able to help them and tutor them in that topic that you're good at. And if you're good at algebra, or better yet, algebra 2, or pre-calculus, Oh, oh my gosh, calculus? Do you know what kind of money you could command as a tutor? Because we homeschool moms, we will pay for that kind of help for our students. I have a, I have a friend who was a Spanish major in college. She teaches Spanish at many homeschool co-ops in the area where I come from. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. And, and she said, you know, for tutoring, she charges like $20 for half an hour. And she says, and these parents are perfectly happy to pay me $20 for half an hour, and all I do is is flashcards with the student because the student's not doing their homework. If you know a subject better than somebody else, you can certainly tutor in it. Book publishing. I have, there you see a lot of people downstairs that have published their own knowledge, their own experience in something, and these are, these are my books, Micro Business for Teens. But you could think about book publishing. I'm doing a workshop tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock called How You or Your Child Can Become a Published Author. And there are lots of people 
publishing their own their own curriculum or novels or in my case nonfiction books. So think about that related to your experience. I, I did a workshop this morning, career exploration. You guys were there. I said I taught this three times in my homeschool co-op and before it fell out of my brain I wanted to publish it in a book form so I, you know, for, didn't forget what it was like. You can do what I'm doing, public speaking. Israel Wayne, your keynote speaker, um, this is his full-time occupation, traveling around, speaking. He speaks at churches, at homeschool conventions, at parenting conferences, and he writes, all based, and you've heard him, all based on his experience as a father, as a homeschool father, about parenting, education, you know, Christian faith, stuff like that. You could do it. Israel makes a living at it. And consulting, wow, I find a lot of um, homeschool mothers, especially mothers, but it could be fathers, but it's mostly mothers, who have some sort of experience in homeschooling, and they offer their service as a consultant, especially if you have a special needs child and you have an area of expertise in some, in some area, and you could help other parents, and you could be a consultant in that area. Uh, phone consultations. I do a lot of phone consultations, but I do it more with homeschool leaders about how to run their homeschool organizations best because I'm, I'm a CPA, I'm an accountant. So I do phone consultations and I charge them by the hour. It's from the comfort of my own home on, you know, an agreeable schedule with me and them. Okay, so what do we have? That's one, two, three, four, four ideas. Anybody counting? Related to homeschooling. Let's go on. A lot of a lot of homeschool families would like to run a family business. Family business. And this is actually, some ideas, this is actually, well, do you know who this is? Anybody know who this is? Can you tell a little bit from their sign? Their sign says Raising Real Men. Do you know who that is? No, that's Helen Melanie Young's two of their six sons. They have six boys and two girls, and they took their experience and wrote a book called Raising Real Men. It's wonderful. They have a wonderful ministry. Now they are full-time speakers, at writers, and travel around the country to homeschool conventions. But anyway, they you could do curriculum sales as a family, like the Youngs do and many other families do. Um, it's a possibility. It may or may not be what you're interested in, but it certainly involves the whole family, like the picture shows there. Farming has always been a family kind of business. Raising livestock, farming, right? Anybody? Anybody? Farm, ranch here You're in Oklahoma. I'm from Ohio. We don't do ranches, we do farms, um, or caring for or raising animals can definitely be a family-based business, right? And the kids can help out a lot. Um, uh, at this point, I would like, this, this list is kind of short. I want to know, are there any other family-based businesses that you know of that I can add to my list here? You can jot it down on that green feedback slip I gave you. I would like to know more. Because some people will come to me and say, what can we do as a family? And I'm short on ideas. What do you think? Teaching people how to do art. How Would a family be able to do that? Or do you think that's more an individual that teaches art? You think it could be both? Yeah. I think that's a cool idea. Anybody else have an idea of a family-based business? I think they're a little harder to come up with. Oh, I, I, I just thought of one. A, a bed and breakfast or hotel-like thing. Even a camp can be... A, can be family run. The kids can help. Yeah. Let me go on. This is list is this page tech-based microbusiness ideas is a lot longer because again, it fits so well the model of microbusiness like I said working from home or um, working 
whatever hours with whatever customers or clients you want to. Keep it manageable. Okay. So uh, blogging, um, there, there are people who make money from their blogs. You know, either via ads or I, I, I am just amazed. I joined a Facebook group. Okay. I have a, I belong to a couple of Facebook groups for bloggers, people who make their money blogging. It is blowing my mind of, oh, how they make the money. It really is. It's like, this is amazing. And sometimes it's cash in their hand and sometimes it's just products that they review. And a blogger can get so good that she gets paid cash and the product to review something. Blew me away. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but it does. Okay? So when someone's reviewing something, be aware that they may have been paid in cash as well as the, but usually they, they have an agreement that says, I am going to, to give a fair review whether I like the product or not. But anyway, blogging is just exploding, opening up the world, especially if you have a, a particular niche. Again, that might be aimed a little more for the parents than the teenagers, but I do know a few teenagers that blog. And can be pretty successful at it too. Um, web design and and or kind of related WordPress maintenance. WordPress is a blogging platform. All of my websites are really blogs on WordPress platforms. So I was speaking at a homeschool convention uh, about micro business for teens. I was in my hometown of Cincinnati, and the student came up to me and he said, "Do you remember who I am?" And I did. I first met him when he was 12 years old. His name is Jonah, and he was much taller, he <laughs> three years later, and um, at 15, 16. And we got talking about what he was doing, what he's interested in. He said the word WordPress. I started a WordPress blog. He said, I said, Jonah, you know WordPress? He's like, yeah, I like it a lot. I'm like, I, I need a virtual assistant. Would you help me? I needed somebody to help me with my WordPress to put up uh, blog posts to to handle comments to clean up spam this kind of stuff to add plugins that I wanted do you, do you know what I'm talking about some of you are nodding your head and some of you are like foreign language because <laughs> it's it's a narrow skill market skill set but boy if you know something about blogging and something about WordPress or if your teenager is willing to learn that's kind of related to the other one I'm on the list there right virtual assistant so I hired Jonah to be my virtual assistant then I found out he didn't just maintain my blogs for me. He would add names to email lists. So when I asked you to give me your email list, I'd give those to Jonah. He'd type it all in for me. He ended up doing uh, video editing for me, all kinds of stuff. And then he got very successful because entrepreneurs do this, doing his own thing. Didn't need me anymore. <laughs> but I still needed him. <laughs> so I do not have a virtual assistant right now. But again, what, what Jonah did was some social media marketing. People will do that kind of stuff. A teenager can do that. It's pinning on Pinterest. It's tweeting on Twitter. It's posting on Facebook. All right. And um, I was just talking to Linda Hobar of the Mystery of History, and she said, I really need someone to help me with my social media and to help me with my advertising and marketing, really. And she could certainly hire a teenager or, or homeschool mom that likes her Mystery of History products. Apps, you know what those are on your phone? There's several schools. I have a blog post at Microbusiness for Teens uh, about how to write apps and for uh, sell them, sell the apps. So there's a really neat uh, student I met at a convention, and he actually wrote some apps for Institute for Excellence in Writing, IEW. Anybody use or ever hopped on one of their apps? A teenager wrote that. He wrote a small app for them. He proved he was good at it. He proved he was good to work with, and they hired him for bigger projects. It is awesome. This kid wrote an app, and IEW paid him for it. 
So, um, and then I, I described a little bit about what my virtual assistant does, but virtual assistants do whatever kind of work that a business might need that can be done virtually, you know. Um, like I said, posting on a blog, dealing with my email lists, helping with social media. Some of them do audio editing, video editing, Whew, all kinds of stuff. All right, your brain's getting full yet of ideas? Yes. Yeah, YouTube channel. And setting it up? Yes. Kids, kids are they're good at some things that they don't even know that they're really good at, like setting up a YouTube video. So Jonah would, he'd, <laughs> every once in a while he'd say to me something like, um, he called me Carol. I probably would have preferred Mrs. Top, but anyway, he was getting older. So he'd say, Carol, um, you know, on YouTube you should really be doing this or that, or you should really be putting a, you know, a link at the end of your videos that say where to go. And I'd be like, Jonah, I'm an accountant. I'm not, you know, could you do it? Oh, yeah. So, and he was learning a lot, but he was also earning money for every dollar hour he worked for me. So it was, I was happy, he was happy until he quit, but okay. Anyway, but some of you have less of a techie side, more of an artsy side. So let's talk about micro-businesses that I have seen teenagers run based on their artistic ability. Photography, that's a big one, a good one, an easy micro-business. So my daughter Sarah started her micro-business by doing photo, senior photos for her homeschool friends because the parents didn't want to pay the mega bucks for the professional packages. What does it cost to get senior pictures here in the Tulsa area, do you know? Anybody done it? In Cincinnati, you're talking like $500 for senior picture packages. What do you think? Yeah, Video, videographer. Yeah, shoot weddings. That's really good. Video and and still. So sometimes a wedding will have the still photographer and the wedding photographer, or the videographer. Very good. Um, yeah, my daughter went on after senior pictures to shoot um, uh, weddings, and she just had she just had a first baby shoot. Sounds horrible, but we talked about you're going to shoot that baby after lunch, aren't you, honey? We know in the world of photography what that means. <laughs> Shot her first baby. Um, anyway, video, video, yes, yes, filming things for people, um, videotaping them, and also video editing. So, you know, the video doesn't, should not be put out as the raw footage. It should be edited. I, I, I don't want to learn video editing. I have no desire to do it. My daughter does it much better. Jonah did it much better, you know. Um, I probably need to find a video editor who would be willing to do that for me because that's just a skill I don't want to learn at this point, but very artistic. Um, I have met kids who do custom sewing, custom knitting, and custom crochet. There's one down at the at the entrepreneurship fair, right? In my video, I, I, I um, had a PBS station in Ohio contact me. Um, about three years ago and said, would you like to do a television program based on your book, Starting a Microbusiness? And I was like, yeah, of course, who would turn down a public television station? And in, in this video, um, it's about an hour long, I'm doing a, a presentation, but it features six students, all who were homeschooled, and um, one of them are two sisters that started a custom knitting business. And what I mean by custom knitting is they will only knit something when they have the request from the client. So they aren't knitting 
without knowing if they can sell it. They did. They started by knitting a few sample pieces. They brought them to our homeschool co-op, and they just put them on a table with a price tag. And here's how I knew they were going to be successful. The, the women, uh, the mothers of my homeschool co-op started looking at them saying, I wonder if I could get that in purple. <gasps> There's a brilliant idea. So the girls would say, yes, um, I, you know, what color purple? Or, you, you know, pick out the yarn, and I'll knit it up for you. Custom knitting. So they take half of the money up front and half of the money when the project's finished. And the yarn is negotiable whether they have the yarn or, or the white, or the woman, the customer wants to buy the yarn. If you'll do custom, custom sewing, I know kids, uh, one girl, she does this really cute, her name, I'll, it'll come to me in a minute, Coker, Hannah Coker, she's on Itzy. She does these really cute skirts that are, are, are cute but modest. They're about knee length, which is kind of a requirement in some families or some social gatherings, knee length skirts. Um, and, and all she, all she needs from a girl is her waist measurement and the length to her knee or whatever. And then she custom sews. Again, 50% down, 50% after the, the skirt is mailed to the customer. Brilliant idea. And a limited selection of fabrics. Here, pick, you know, spring line, fall line. Uh, but if you're good at painting, portraits of people, families, pets, and houses. People will not typically pay you if you're painting what you want. They want to tell you what they want you to draw or paint. And it's typically portraits of their family, pets, and houses. So focus on learning how to draw pets and houses, and people will pay you for that. Maybe eventually you get to the point you get to draw or paint what you want, but start with what the market wants. Okay. So there's other things, too. Let's keep going. But if you have any, if you have any input, like I'm forgetting something obvious, let me know. Yeah. Ah, entertainment. If you are by nature kind of an extrovert or kind of have the acting bug in you, have some skills to be an entertainer, this is a very good micro-business idea because, again, it's easy to start, easy to shut down. So, for example, this is Adam. He's about 15 here. He's now about 18 or 19. And um, Adam had this acting bug. He, he would, he just liked to act. So what he did as a micro business would go in costume and in character as a Jedi Knight to birthday parties. And he would teach, obviously, young boys here how to fight with lightsabers. He'd give them a certificate at the end, but he would be in character. He even had a name for himself and everything. He was charging about like $50 to do a birthday party, and he was booked three months in advance. Because he only wanted to work some Saturdays, not all. I think he had to up his price. Or, you know, he would have for different levels. Like, if you want me there for 90 minutes, it'll be $75. If you want me there for an hour, it'll be 50 bucks. Something like that. Cool idea. There's a girl there who bought a Rapunzel wig. You can see that's from her. I met her at a homeschool convention. And she would go as Rapunzel or any of the Disney princesses to little girls' birthday parties. Isn't that a cool idea? Little bit of startup cost on the costume, but you could probably make it up after your first your first gig. Um, Adam now isn't doing this anymore. Like I said, he's uh, 18 or 19, finishing up high school. He now has a band, and he performs, uh, you know, for hire at at different functions. And uh, they've cut a CD, and they're selling the CD. I don't know that he's financially. Um, profitable from his band like he was from this but you know what he's learning a lot and and this is this is um something he wanted to do yeah you did that's cool 
14-year-old magician at birthday parties. Oh, yeah. Do you remember what you paid him? $40. And how long was he there? About an hour, hour and a half? Yeah, that's good money for him. And he's thrilled. And it's, yeah, it's something he enjoyed doing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have any musical ability, especially like piano that accompanies um, um, harp. I knew a girl who plays harps. They're quite in demand at weddings. Uh, violin, if you can, my sister is a violinist, and she usually hicks up with a, a pianist, and they do weddings together. Yep, that's good. Um, one of the girls, when I taught a microbusiness class, um, decided she wanted to start a microbusiness as an event planner planning the birthday parties or, or other things, she ended up as her as kind of her class project to plan her father's Christmas party. Her father owned a business and had a Christmas party for employees. And it was a little intimidating for a 17-year-old to be calling the hotel and booking a room like this. But she gained a lot in confidence and, and understanding of, you know, the management of a, of a function. We do have to stop here because we're out of time for today. But because we don't want to leave you hanging too long, we'll go ahead and post the rest of the content later this week. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.